Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Here's a snippet of what's to come. But if there's one thing that gets me really going, it's the Israel-Palestine conflict. And that's the one thing that as a teenager, as a student, I was really, really passionate about. And I got really thinking about, you know, how can we try and address this issue, but also the wider issues in the Muslim community in before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. At IFG, we really value someone trying to run a halal business without dealing in riba. And we love it when Muslims bring something innovative to the table. And that's why we support Shropshire Hills-based Euro Quality Lamb, the largest Muslim-owned lamb abattoir in Europe. And, and I've actually been there and they're doing something genuinely impressive. And it has infused within it the Muslim ethos. What's special about Euro Quality is that out of the 15,000 lambs they process every week, they only select a handful of the best breeds of grass-fed lamb for their home delivery service. The meat is cut how you want it. English cuts, desi cuts, barbecue style. You just don't find this stuff at your local butchers. So order online at eurocualitylambs.co.uk forward slash shop and reference Islamic Finance Guru to get yourself a free masala marinade worth £4.50 and a YouTube recipe hijri calendar worth £5. Terms and conditions apply. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that thing where I get you to do it louder again. I think, inshallah, you can just take courage from that. Firstly, Ahmad is one of my mentees and, you know, I apologize uh, for any deterioration in his behavior over the last year during the course of my mentorship. I pin it largely on the malign influence of Abdullah over here. You know, it's fantastic to see you guys doing the work that you're doing at Charity Week and fundraising so hard. I mean, fundraising is literally what I do day to day, right? So in my corporate job, I work as a funds formation lawyer where we regularly beef with investors about money, right? And they want to give us money, but they want it on certain terms and we have to eke it out of them. And then on Islamic Finance Guru, we do lots of fundraising for startups and businesses. And so we know how hard it is to get people to fundraise. So it's a fantastic achievement that you guys have raised over £20,000. That's absolutely brilliant. And it's also quite exciting. I mean, I believe this is the event where of Daily Mail fame from a few years ago. So, you know, if the Daily Mail is, is here, then IslamicFinanceGuru.com is the place to go. But no, inshallah, it won't be here this year, inshallah. So Charity Week and, you know, Islamic Finance Guru, where does this all fit in? You know, the brother talked about something that's really close to my heart. You know, if there's one thing for people who know me well, I'm not someone who gets very excitable about things. Actually, that's what my wife complains to me about sometimes, that you should be more sympathetic. But if there's one thing that gets me really going, it's the Israel-Palestine conflict. And that's the one thing that as a teenager, as a student, I was really, really passionate about. 
And I got really thinking about, you know, how can we try and address this issue, but also the wider issues in the Muslim community? And the brother, you know, what he shared today, what he shared just now, is one prong of a two-pronged approach that we need to take to actually solve this issue. So the first prong is the short term. The first prong is giving that charity, is giving that money. But then the brother touched upon the second thing, which is the long term, which is talking about the unity. And what I'm going to be talking about today is fleshing out what does that look like practically for you as LSE students. You know, 6.7% of the world's population goes to university, right? And of that, I would say LSE is probably in the top 5% of universities globally. So you guys are probably about 0.2, 0.3% of the world's population. You are the creme de la creme. And I don't say that to beat you guys up. I say that because it's a responsibility, right? You will be asked what you did about this. So with that responsibility and with these kind of issues that we're dealing with, how do we go about dealing with this in the long term? And what does this have to do with you as an individual? Because it's not good enough. It's not good enough just giving money on a night and feeling better about it. That's not the end of it. Because charity is not something that ultimately is about making yourself feel good. It's about helping other people. There's a hadith, The merciful ones are the ones that are shown mercy by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So have mercy on those on this world and the one in the heavens, he will have mercy upon you. So what does that mean? What that means is at the heart of charity is about helping other people. It's about putting what someone else wants. It's about putting someone else's desires and someone else's needs before your own needs. It's about taking people who need charity to become people who give charity. Right? It's about, for the economists amongst you, which I'm sure is many of you, it's about moving from the local maximums to the global maximums. So you know, if you give £20,000 today and you solve an issue you know, for cancer for hundreds of people, that's a local maximum. But if you think about really what charity is about and think about your career and how you can be really impactful about this, then that can become a global maximum. So how do we do that? So, in my view, the way we do that is by firstly making sure that Muslims, who are 2 billion on this planet and approximately 20% poorer than the rest of the population, and half of the Muslims in the UK live in the 10% poorest constituencies, taking those people and making them more financially savvy and richer, because that gives you a lot more potential to do stuff. It gives you economic clout, it gives you political clout. When was the last time you heard about a rich person who wasn't well represented politically. When was the last time? So that's the first thing. We need to make people richer. We need to make people more economically savvy. The second thing that we need to do is we need to make sure that we are creating a generation of people who are supporting Muslim entrepreneurship. So people like me who work in the city and have decent salaries, and I'm sure many of you will be in a similar position soon, you need to have that awareness that this is my responsibility, this is my long-term responsibility, the kind of things that we talked about just now in Charity Week, you know, this, this emotional moment, really, if it's going to translate into something that I really believe in, it needs to be something that permeates my life. And so when I'm working and when I'm fully employed, I need to be contributing back into the Muslim economy, back into Muslim entrepreneurship.
And then finally, for the brave amongst you, and I know there are a few, and you know, I've been pushing a few of you to do this as well, entrepreneurship, solving the world's big problems, you know, really going after and tackling those problems. Because if the Muslim Ummah is going to catch up to uh, Silicon Valley or Tel Aviv or New York or London, if they're going to do that, it needs entrepreneurship. It needs to be betting big on something that can scale really quickly. Seven of the world's $1,400 billion companies are situated in Silicon Valley, a tiny, tiny place. But what that shows is that within 10, 20 years, the Muslim Ummah, if it's strategic about it, it can really quickly catch up to the rest of the world. And that's what we want. And that's actually how we long term, we deal with problems like this. How long term we deal with you know, the inequality that we see in places like Gaza and worldwide. So where does IFG come into all of this? So IFG does precisely you know, those three things. And that is why I do Islamic Finance Group. Firstly, we help Muslims to make sure that they're spending in a halal way, in a financially savvy way, and connecting them up into investments that actually are very compliant and useful for them. Secondly, we help Muslims such as yourselves with career advice and general kind of guidance when they're going into their professional lives. You know, I'm sure many of you have reached out to me over the years as well. And then finally, we help Muslim entrepreneurs because that is where I think, you know, the future really lies. And we make sure that investors will help them and get in touch with the right entrepreneurs. And we make sure that the entrepreneurs are put in front of us have the right networks and the right connections to be able to actually succeed. And this year, alhamdulillah, you know, we've done over two million pounds worth of funding into startups, and that's inshallah just the start. So final points then, what do I actually you know, want you guys to go away with from here? The first thing is, you know, we are actually doing a, a cheaper will for you guys for the next week, so do check that out. But that's not the real thing that I want to you know, leave you guys with. Firstly, if you believe in what I've said, if what I've just said makes sense to you, then subscribe and become part of that community IFG and contribute. And, you know, we are very open to having people write articles for us to make sure that, you know, you reach out to me if that's something that you're interested in. And then finally, I think that if you really believe in charity, if you really believe in helping the Muslim Ummah, if you really, really want to take it from just being an emotional or I really feel sad about this. I really feel angry when Operation Cast Lead happened. I really feel emotional about, you know, the coverage that Jon Snow carried out those years ago. When you want to move from that to something that is really long-term going to make a difference, then what I want you guys to do is think about how your career as a whole is going to add value to the Muslim Ummah. And there's a lot more to be said. There's actually a talk that I did at LSE, I think, was it last year or the year before, an Islamic approach to career planning. So do check that out for more information. Uh, but Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu